Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 207. John and Wendy talk to Kim Bozeman. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. Well into the month of February. Once again, excited that this episode is sponsored by our friends over at Workology. Yay! Thank you, Workology. Make sure that you check out WorkologyCouncil.com to learn more about the HR Mastermind program that they're putting together right now. And Wendy, we're right before the chat that comes up the day before Valentine's Day. I think this could be the one to break all the records. (laughs) I hope so. I don't think, and I know I just did the the top 10 as far as numbers. We have never cracked 1,000 official tweets. I know we have, but people haven't like tagged properly. So we can't count those. Can't count it if you don't tag HR Social Hour. Um, so if everyone tags, I think we'll be well over a thousand for, uh, for this chat. For those of you that are not aware, this chat is why I love HR. It has come to us from our great friend and our favorite Canadian, Melanie Peacock. Yes. And we love chatting with Melanie. You all love chatting with Melanie. So join us the day before Valentine's day, go out, get your last minute gift for your sweetheart. And then jump on the chat, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We hope you'll be there. The questions are available on Wendy's blog already. And we always share those out. I know sometimes people ask during the chat, hey, where's such Mm -hmm. and such question? Unfortunately, folks, as as we're going in real time, I have loaded all the questions up beforehand. (laughs) So they come out. And and just so if if you are new to the chat or coming, so you know, the first question will always come out at 7.05 Eastern. And then they come out every five minutes after that. Yep. 10, 15, 20, all the way to 7.55. That's last call. If you miss it, I'm sorry. I, I don't, because we're trying to manipulate, especially <laughs> in our last chat that we did with, with our friend Christy Engler, yeah. had almost 800 tweets. And yeah. that's a lot to digest in an hour. It's uh, a lot. And, it and goes moderate. fast. Yeah. So yeah. If, if we get close to that thousand, Wendy and I may just quit. We may be done after that. Nah. That'd be a great way to call it, but we're not. Yeah. Not really. We're don't not. worry. We're not. We're not calling it. <laughs> We may take a break. Once again, there's no wrestling afterwards, so I may hang around a little bit online. You never know to to do it. Please, if you're not able to join us then, please contribute. But make sure that you add that HR Social Hour tag because when you just reply to me and there's nothing else in there, it gets lost. I don't check it. I think I've told folks I'm so worn out. I don't respond to those tweets later. Please don't be offended. It's that hour and we've gone on. It's, it's a long one. And I've, I've mentioned this in the past. I'm usually jumping on again, Monday morning, you know, 6am, 7am. And our friends in Europe are jumping on then too. So it's never too late to jump into the conversation. I'll just say that. But got to use the tag. So join us if you can on on that evening, bring your favorite Valentine candy Mm -hmm. or cocktail (laughs) or whatever it is. Whatever you want. Join us as we as we talk with Melanie about a great topic and and reflect on some really positive, good things. Speaking of positive, good things, I'm really excited about tonight's guest. And we've gotten to know Kim over the last little bit. We had a chance to visit a a few weeks ago and I said, Hey, I'd love to have you come on and talk about you and what you're doing and all the cool stuff you got going on. Without further ado, let's make the introduction and get started. Yes. Super excited to welcome Kim Bozeman to the show. 
Uh, KB looks at HR a little differently than your average consultant. She can talk ROIs, KPIs, and P&Ls and understands that business needs to make profit to stay in business. Today, she takes the best practices from Fortune 500 companies and translates them for smaller businesses. Now, you'd never send a football team out to the field without solid offense and defense. When it comes to running business, you need a solid operations and a human resources plan, too. As a serious football plan, do not call her during the game. So, you know, Sunday afternoons off limits, folks. Kim can coach you on how to build the best teams to support your business goals. People are the key to maximizing your profit and your productivity. Founder of KNB Sensible Solutions, Kim works with small businesses to develop the structures and processes you need so you can grow and scale while staying compliant with all of California, all their rules, regulations, and guidelines. Kim holds a BA in political science from CSU and a certification in diversity, equity, and inclusion on the workplace from the University of Southern Florida Business School. Kim is actively involved in her community and is an advocate for social justice. She is the deputy director of the Voter Access Project, advocates for small businesses with the National Small Business Association Leadership Council, and on the CALIPGCA cohort of 2022, helping develop public-private partnerships. That's almost as many letters there as BGSU's program from our sponsorship last month. So Kim, first question, as always, what is in your glass? All right, Wendy, tonight it's water. I wish it was whiskey, but it's water. <laughs> <laughs> I do wish it was whiskey, but got to stay yeah. hydrated, right? You got to stay hydrated and water's, water's acceptable. <laughs> It is also a little earlier out your way, so we understand that, too. It's fine. <laughs> KB, again, we're so glad that you're with us. And, you know, we have to ask, how in the world did you get your start in human resources? Oh, Lord. So uh, the short story is, is before I even really knew what human resources was, I was doing it. Um, I, you know, back, I'm dating myself at TCI. Um, I was, I thought I was customer service, but thinking about my job duties, I was probably like an HR assistant. Um, I, you know, being a people manager, obviously you have to do a lot of HR functions. Then being under um, a manager, it, well, technically I was a trainer, but they treated all of their employees like managers in under the learning and development umbrella for uh, almost eight years. So just touching everything there, then moved into recruiting, um, full cycle recruiter for corporate recruiting for a wine and spirits company. And then after that, uh, long story short, I decided that um, I wanted to go out on my own and do HR as a consultant. You know, I'd always been helping people. So um, in 2019, KMB Sensible Solutions was born. I won't tell you that the, the dates of that to date myself. <laughs> Oh, well, Kim, so uh, K&B Solutions, which is fantastic that you're out there. What do you see as the biggest issue your clients are dealing with from an HR perspective? And do you believe those issues will change over the coming year? That's a great question. I think it's um, a couple of things. I think a lot of the clients, um, especially when you focus on smaller businesses, don't have the resources, right? So they need HR support, um, but they don't, they can't afford uh, full service human resources. And so, especially in California, where you have, it's extremely employee friendly, right? You have a ton of people doing things wrong because they have no idea. 
So I think the biggest thing is a lack of education and a lack of resources. Um, the next thing to answer your question is, is do I believe that it's going to continue? Um, I hope not. You know, there are people like the HR Mavericks out there really trying to democratize HR and make it more accessible so that companies can have access to human resources. Obviously, also with the wave of consultants, right? There's a lot of small businesses. While we all know the value of HR, there's a lot of small businesses that just need a touch point, right? They need that foundational structure. And once that's established and they're educated and they have someone to go to, then they can have that support. So I would say that I hope it, it won't always stay this way. And that as long as we have businesses and our, you know, like our government that really pays attention to the value that small businesses bring, then we can advocate for change, which is a, a huge reason why I joined the National Small Business Association Leadership Council, right? Is this so that we can, um, one, to amplify the voice of marginalized and Black-owned businesses, but also to speak on behalf of smaller businesses and urge our elected officials to realize the significant contribution that small businesses bring. You know, 46% of people work at a small businesses. And what that does to our economy, we really need to be pulling resources and building those small businesses up in, instead of corporations. Kim, I think you probably face some of the same challenges I do in Virginia from a COVID perspective. Can you speak to some of the issues that are, as I always tell people, there's HR in the United States and then there's HR in California? There's just this another level of challenge, but can you speak to some of those issues? Because I think you've got a lot of the a similar things from a reporting perspective and things that most people don't don't have going on. Yeah, so I I know it's so funny. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a freak of nature, but I actually love like the 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 craziness that is California. Um, it keeps me on my toes, and you know, um, I learned. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think I know things, and then it's like, oh, I. I did not know that. <laughs> but, you know, to answer your question, it's, it's very funny that you say that because just last night, Newsom reached a deal that will bring back the 80 hours of supplemental um, leave for COVID um, for employers. So it has, it's not official yet, but it's going to be retroactive. And so you, you have that, which employers that have 26 or more employees are now like going to be faced with that. You know, you have California Rights Act, California Family Rights Act, right, which is CFRA, which applies to businesses with five employees or more. So it's pretty much like Federal Medical Leave Act, but <laughs> we're five people, right? And so the reality is, is though, while I definitely appreciate and love the friendliness and the looking out for the fellow common brother and sister, right? We have to look at that from a business lens for smaller businesses that don't really have the resources to lose an employee for 12 weeks of unpaid leave, right? So it's a very delicate balance, right? You have Cal OSHA and, you know, all of, all of those different standards. So if you look at even with testing, right, and the mandate of even though the Supreme Court has overturned it, you have work in California, I, you know, my full-time job is also, you know, I work at the state and they, Newsom decided that they would offer testing or um, being vaccinated. So you have all of these employers being responsible for testing their employees, right? And it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday and they said, I just, I just don't want to hire people, employees in California because I want to stay away from from the laws. And 
I think though, at the same time, it's great as an HR person, right? If you really truly make the decision and you dedicate yourself and you immerse yourself in the law, right? Supporting your fellow states, right? Becomes a lot easier, right? Because if you can handle California, sweet baby Jesus, you can handle anything, right? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and I also tell people like, listen, I I think I'm resourceful. I, you know, I feel good about what I know, but damn it, I don't know everything. And I just have to like, hey, let me let me look into that and I'll get back to you. I think, um, and for me, I just tell people stay, I, I immerse myself in, in law webinars, but I'm also a freak of nature and I love the law. I, I love the law. I hate lawyers, but I probably should have been a lawyer because I'm good at the law, <laughs> but I hate lawyers, you know? So um, I stay on top of that, right? And, um, you know, thank I have a good relationship with an awesome law firm. And so when I'm confused and I need clarity, you know, I reach out. Um, and so California is just special, but we're we're great, right? No sleeping in California. So just, why, I mean, that's why I also wanted whiskey instead of water earlier too. I mean, I'm in California. KB, I know that you are very passionate about diversity in the workplace and, and take part in a lot of different groups and addressing those issues. Where do you see organizations that you're working with, where are they missing the mark when it comes to executing on those types of initiatives? What what I would say very honestly is, is I try to all, always remember that at the heart of things, I don't think that anyone has ever done anything malicious, but the reality of the situation is, is that, you know, in light of George Floyd's murder, right, a lot of organizations reacted, right? Like they didn't have a strategy strategy in place. They just wanted to do something. And for that, like, again, I, I want to commend them. But <laughs> I, uh, a problem, right? There was no strategy in place. And so you saw all of these, you know, companies coming out with, you know, diversity statements, right? But the reality is, is the infrastructure was still very much broken, right? The recruiting policies still weren't inclusive. The policies weren't inclusive. The HR team was not equipped to be driving the change. And, you know, they, they partnered with consultants that they didn't understand what their organization wanted to do. And the thing is, is that just like HR is not a one size fit all mo model, neither is diversity, equity and inclusion, right? It's going to look different in each organization. Diversity, equity and inclusion at a tech company in San Francisco is going to look a whole hell of a lot different than a tech company in North Dakota. So the first thing that companies should be doing, right, and should have done was take a look at what they stand for, their mission and their values, and find a way to infuse that into their culture. And secondly, talk to their employees, right? Because you have, you know, sometimes I have people ask me, would you write our diversity, equity, and inclusion statement? No, yeah, that should come from executive leadership in your employee resource group, right? Because if you're just dictating, you know, some statement, right, and it's not what you're living out, it's it's performative. Um, and then the other thing is is really, really um, uh, something that I'm really passionate about, right? Is is HR. Um, in the last two years, I. I mean, I love all things HR, but because of some personal things, I had a lot of time to immerse myself in HR communities and groups. And, you know, HR can be either your biggest hindrance or your biggest asset to your diversity efforts. And it's really important for the HR professional 
to understand and respect the value of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's also very important that we recognize that it's not HR's role to be leading, you know, just like it's not our role to be the COVID <laughs> compliance officer. It's also not our role to be leading the organization's diversity, equity, and inclusions efforts. But what we can and we should be doing is, is working with our executive leadership team to talk about those initiatives and have that consultative approach, right? So that they understand the value to what? The bottom line and the culture, right? But to uh, identify that it's not HR's perspective, but we need absolutely HR to come alongside the, the consultant or whatever outside resource that they use. And so um, education is something that I'm really big on. And I think, you know, before we go and we talk about a strategy and we're bringing in a consultant, people need to understand what is a microaggression? What is racism? What is anti-racism? What are those things? Now, I'm not, I'm not a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, but I'm a consultant that will come along my organization and first give them that fundamental training Right. And then explain to them, this is what we need to do. And once you figure out, right, then we're going to I'm going to work with you to help you find a diversity, equity and inclusion consultant. Right. That can, can really, really build out what aligns with your values. Right. So that it's sustainable. No strategy. You know, you have to prepare. Right. And, and you also have to understand that it's, it's the work is continuous. Right. It doesn't you know, it doesn't stop. It's going to the belonging it's the difficult part, right? You know, it's easy to make a statement, but transforming your organization and making it inclusive, that's a lot of work. And um, I don't see a lot of organizations truly doing that. Kim, recently, or in the last year or so, we've um, gotten to know you through the HR Social Hour, for, through our chats and, and through Twitter and such. So um, how did you first discover the HR Social Hour? And what's been the most powerful thing you've learned from taking part? Oh, man, that's such a good question. So my HR Rebels, um, I want to say, was it Tracy Sponnenberg? Um, like Tracy's like my my shero told uh, me about this great community um, because we were talking about like how there's a lot of <laughs> HR, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of people that like, and she's like, are you not on Twitter? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't really, I don't really like anyone. And she's like, no, there's like great people. I'm like, are you sure? And I'm like, okay, like I love, I love you, Tracy. And so, like, I like started following all of these people. And at first, you know, I was really just a watcher, like a lurker. And I'm like, oh my god, they're so funny. I like, you know, I felt like I, I found my community. So that's really how I found it. You know, I've been on Twitter for like. I don't know, like three years. And I was like, I hate Twitter. I think it's stupid. Now I love Twitter. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, what is, what is the most valuable thing? You know, one of the, gosh, I've learned so much from this community, but one of the most beautiful things that I see is, is the, the, how it should be every day in our world is, is the beauty of a difference of opinion, right? Like so far, I, I mean, I, I love that, right? I love being around people who might see things differently, right? And I just, I haven't seen any disrespect, right? And that to me is is so powerful, right? Especially in HR, it's the celebration of diversity, right? And, and the other thing is, is just the level of acceptance, right? I mean, I love being able to show up on Twitter just how I am with this HR community and not worrying like, 
you know, hey, if I swear, if I talk about football, someone's going to think that I'm, you know, not appropriate for HR, you know, and I think that that for me, oh my goodness, especially in the, the middle of a pandemic and being, um, you know, living alone, it's, it's, it's kind of like I say, save my life, just having this, this lifeline that I, I am who I am, right? Because you have communities, but you are conforming to the community to be accepted. And I don't see that here in this community. KB, one of the things that we've done over the last year or so is start crowdsourcing questions from guests. In this case, Scott Leeper asked, if you could change the name of human resources, would you? And what term would you use that you think better describes what we do? So I'm going to tell you first, even though you didn't ask what you shouldn't do, is call it human capital. Freaking, just stop. Stop it. It's with the human capital. It's awful. I hate it. Oh, man. Let me see. Dang it. Okay. I, and she's you know, gone. And I, I, I've, seen this, I've seen this question. I've seen like Lars Schmidt, like Tracy. Like I've seen this question and I'm always like, what, 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 would, I, what would I do? It's something like people. People support um, the people team. That's what it is. The people team. You are the people team. People team. That's it. The business people, the employee people, the people. The people team. That's it. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it, even if I regret it. It's 48 hours. We do a lot of editing, but we don't go back and change answers. So we're going to hold you to that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I just say you guys accepted me. So if you think it sucks, like you still have to accept me. You know, you do. Oh, no. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The Workology Council is powered by Workology and we are proud to sponsor the HR Social Hour. The Workology Council is a mastermind community for the disruptive HR leader who is looking for more. We are a group of experienced HR professionals who share a common goal to succeed by leveraging the influence, resources, and knowledge to fast track our own personal growth and business transformation. The Workology Council will be the HR business tribe that you have always wanted to be a part of in your entire HR career. You can learn more about the application process, how to get started, and our member benefits by visiting WorkologyCouncil.com. The time is now for you to stretch, grow, and shine. The Workology Council can help you achieve your personal and professional business goals by helping you take control of your career and your organization. Let's take it to the next level. Visit WorkologyCouncil.com to learn more. And we are back. Kim, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? Honestly, a wife and a mom. I like didn't want a career. I just wanted to have a whole bunch of babies and get married. (laughs) I know. I know. Now I'm like completely the opposite. I'm all career. I'm not married and no babies, but that's the truth. <laughs> Who's one person you've gotten to know in the last year that you think more people should know? Oh, man. Oh, I, I don't like this question. Um, oh, man. I can't pick one person, John. I can't. How about okay. two? We'll give you two. Okay, okay. Millie Krishman and Tracy Sponenberg, if I have to pick two. Whew. Oh, man. Like, 
It's the hardest question. I am That's sweating. Right Thank here. goodness this is like a podcast because I'm like, you know, like sweating right now. That was a hard <laughs> question. Oh. I'm hyperventilating. Uh, all right. KB, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Um, everybody else. <laughs> Do do what you do what you love, right? You don't need anyone else's validation. You don't need anyone else's permission. Everyone, follow your dreams, right? Because there's a lot of advice out there, and um, you know, just just you you know, just follow your dream. Honestly, I swear. I mean, I actually told myself that yesterday. So even though I would go back and tell my younger self, you know, I'm still telling myself that. I love it. KB, how do you enjoy giving back to your community? I am, um, you know, I try to help small businesses pro bono with HR services, but I'm also extremely passionate about civic engagement and registering to vote from a nonpartisan lens. I mean, the reality is, is that I just want people to understand what's at stake and um, whether whatever um, side of the fence you sit on. They both have agendas, and it's really important to me to just be a resource of education. I mean, at the end of the day, I wish I could say that I I had no bias, but we all have some kind of bias. I just try to be honest about that. So that's the work I do with the Voter Access Project. Um, You know, last election, my buddy John Ivey and I, um, I developed a series, a six-week series to just educate people about what's on the ballot, right? And and to make space for people who really don't understand. I think it's really, really important. You know, we've taken civics out of our high school, um, at least in California. And, you know, I just want people to understand. So that's really, really important to me. Um, you know, at the pandemic, when the pandemic happened, you know, you had so many people impacted by unemployment. And so it was great because I was an intern for Congressman Jerry McNerney. And so just being able to be a resource for people that were um, stuck in bottlenecks with the unemployment office and being able to work with, at the time, our um, local assembly members, his chief to help people get, you know, it moved along for their unemployment. Um, that's that's what matters to me. I'm like this nerd that loves all things law and compliance and state agencies and being able to like support my community. You know, at the time I was I was ill and I was actually on um, disability myself. I um, and so just being able to give back in that lens is is is, is important to me. Um, very very important to me. It's probably the most important work that I've done in my life. I would say. KB, what's your favorite movie? Oh, man. Okay. So it depends if I'm feeling like a tough girl or if I'm like want to just cry and just have snot running down my face. I would say like, so I really love Scarface. Like, say hello to my little friend. Like, you look like a piece of bread. And then I also like Pretty Woman. I know. It's just, I know. I know. God, help me. Oh, my gosh. This is awesome. Those are my two. I can't really pick because it just depends. Like, if I'm feeling like feisty. And I'm like, you know, you know, it's, it's Scarface and it's Pretty Woman. I love all things Julia Roberts. She just makes my heart happy. I miss her. I think this is the second time that Scarface has been mentioned on I this show. I think so. I think so. I, I, I think don't so. remember who, but yeah. I think yeah. it's the second time. And it, I think Pretty Woman's been mentioned too. Not together. Those are my people. Not, not together. Not together. I know. Yes, but that's together. like kind of, this is a really accurate reflection of who I am. Like Pretty Woman, Scarface. I mean, that's like... I can't talk though because my two are the Ten Commandments and Christmas Vacation. So you know. <laughs> okay. See, 
Chevy Chase and Christmas. I mean, see, I mean, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. I mean, there's just some yeah. great movies. There's some great it's movies hard. out there. So, yeah. so I just try to say, because I have a lot of movies that I like, like the ones that I watch like over and over and over yeah. again. I'm just going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to call that my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to go watch Scarface tonight. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite or the most memorable live performance that you've ever attended? Oh my God. Janet Jackson, The Velvet Rope. Okay, I'm totally dating myself, but in high school I used to dance, and um, you know, in my the way I grew up, I never went to concerts or anything like that. So when I got to go to Janet Jackson's The Velvet Rope, you know, I really I thought I was one of her backup dancers in the audience, and I think people were really annoyed with me. But like, I mean, I still think about that. She's just a great performer, and um, yeah, Ooh, I, I just smile thinking about it because it was it was the best. KB, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or as yourself, what would it be? I thought about this deeply. Um, I'm going to say it definitely would not be me because I'm kind of boring. Um, but I was probably saving those not on. Does it have to be like a show that's on now or could it be nope. canceled? Okay. So it would definitely probably be scandal and i would be olivia pope the fixer oh. um yes like scandal with carrie washington <sighs> yes yes i i think you're the first person to actually mention being a fictional character and everyone <laughs> yeah, else has said so. they would so. be on like a like a jeopardy or the great british baking show and mm-hmm. so i love i love that you picked a fictional character that's awesome no i would be olivia pope because in my <laughs> head like I'm her, and then I want to be Stacey Abrams when I grow up. So, well, oh, she's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So that's that. That's what I would do. Yeah. It's been announced that it's going to be Kim Bozeman Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? Okay, we're drinking coffee, we're eating tacos, and we're registering people to vote. Like, and then we're watching football. I love yep, it. That that's what we're doing. That sounds like a pretty good day. Can we have whiskey? We're going to have whiskey. <laughs> you can do that too. Yeah. yeah. It's your day. It's your yeah, day. It's my day. So we're going to start the day. We're going to have coffee. Okay. With and we're whiskey. Not, no, no, we're going to be good. Okay. got to be okay. present. Right. But okay. It's not going to be. Okay. First of all, it's not going to be ground coffee. Okay. First of all, it's not going to be Folgers. If you drink that, <laughs> stop it. Put it away. It's going to be either French press or a, a proper latte or a proper Americano. Not with a ton of sugar. White mochas don't count. Okay. <laughs> they don't count. Okay. And um, we're just going to have, like, you know, we're going to get out. We're going to register. We're going to have tacos. We're going to watch some football. And we're going to have whiskey after. Because people are going to exhaust us when we're trying to get them registered to vote. That's Kim Bozeman Day. That is, sounds like a good day. I like it. It's a good day. I think so. Kim, finally, as you know, we are crowdsourcing to get uh, questions for future guests. If you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? What's been your biggest failure in HR and what did you learn from it? You can't read it, KB, but it's in the book, so it will be asked. <laughs> you, I, John, you've been a man of your word since I've met you, yep. so I believe you. I have to tell you, for someone that said they were nervous about being on a podcast, I, I don't know why. <laughs> this is incredibly fun. Yes. Uh, you're going to let me get to use the bleep button for a couple yes. of times, which I also oh, enjoy I'm doing sorry. too. I'm such, no, don't I'm be sorry because bleeping is funny. This has been an awesome conversation. I'm so glad that you listened to Tracy and checked out yes. the Twitter community that, we, that we've been part of and, and helped build. We're glad that you're here and part of it and appreciate you 
sharing all the things that are our California because I bless you. I, I just don't know how you do it. I know a lot of our community and our, a lot of our listeners are probably already connected with you. But for those that are not, best way for them to reach you out there and KMB Solutions, anything and everything you want them to know. Yeah, well, I'd love for them to follow me on LinkedIn because I love LinkedIn. Um, and I also, you know, if you're interested in my services as far as HR, you can go to my website, which is Solutions with an S.com. And if you are someone that's passionate about like a policy and civic engagement, especially by, you know, anyone, then you can check me out on YouTube for all things K and B, because that's where um, I am going to start talking about some HR stuff because there's this beautiful intersection of social justice policy that in HR. Um, but right now it's more of my political talk. Uh, try to keep them a little bit separate. Yeah. And obviously Twitter too. Like, <laughs> yeah, the houses, the clubhouse. I'm not really there yet. I'm a lurker. So yeah. And I'm, and thank you guys. Thank you for having me. And I'm sorry about the bleeping. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> We're going to have all that in the show notes. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there. Uh, best way, as always, is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, thanks to Workology for sponsoring this episode in the entire month of February. Check them out at workologycouncil.com. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, follow, whatever platform you're on button, check mark, big red button. It may just say follow. I don't know. Whatever it says, <laughs> click on it and you'll get that new episode each and every yeah. week. International listeners, we'd love to have you take part. Reach out. Let's start those conversations and we can have you on board. KB, thanks again for being part of the show and being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 